Good evening and welcome to Hughes Views. We're up to episode nine now. Uh, just a quick shout out once again for our uh, sponsors for the podcast. So starting with Amphibian Apparel, whatever the situation, home, streetwear and sports, no excuses. And KH Decorating, making your house a home. Be sure to um, find their socials um, by looking on our Instagram page and our Twitter page. And check those guys out for, for their services and, and for the Amphibian Apparel for their for their sportswear, um, it's it's top quality stuff. Uh, all right, Al, so what we'll do is I think we'll go straight into the games last night um, in the Champions League. I think we'll start with the game at the Etihad. Um, yep. Obviously, Manchester City came away 2-1 winners uh, with a last gasp goal from Phil Foden. Um, I don't know if you saw the game yourself, but from what I saw, I think it was a fairly um, even game for, uh, between the teams. Quite a good spectacle for the neutral um, but there was definitely some talking points. So um, just how lucky were Man City to get that goal over the line right at the end there? And how does that put them in, in contention for the return leg next week? Yeah, I managed to catch a bit of the game. You know, I was chopping between that and the Madrid game and I was casting an on Norwich as well. So I was trying to channel hop really. And every time I did channel hop, I missed the goals. So I was, I was watching the replays. Uh, with City, uh, you know, I thought they would win on the night and I do think they'll see the job through uh, in the second leg. Um, with Man City, they don't stop. You know, they, they just come after wave after wave and they can go from nothing to, to hitting you on the attack, uh, you know, in, in a matter of moments. You only have to see when Cham misplaced the pass uh, to Mares and that, you know, they broke and within, you know... Within 10 seconds, the ball's in their own net. And uh, credit to Mares, I thought the ball was dead at one point and he cut it back and De Bruyne is always there or thereabouts and uh, he doesn't need a second invite from, what, six yards out to put the ball away. Uh, and, and I saw the penalty decision and rightly so, that was overturned. I don't know how the referee gave that. Um, and I think Rodri made a, a massive meal of it. And, you know, the, the foot's nowhere near his head. Every angle you saw it, you thought Cham was very very hard done by and uh, VAR rightly overruled that. I think the better team won. Um, Haaland was really quiet. I know we'll come on to, to Haaland and obviously everyone expects big things from him, but he's only human. You know, he's not quite Messi Ronaldo where every single game you expect a goal and or an assist from him. Um, uh, you know, Man City were, were the better side and like I say, I, th I think they'll go in probably win in Germany uh, as well and and they'll be in the semi-finals I would have thought yeah so I think it'll be a tight game um, over in Dortmund but you know what what I would say is I think I agree with you there um, it was definitely uh, the better team won but Haaland was was very quiet um, before we move on to Haaland I just want to speak about that Bellingham uh, goal uh, that didn't count for Dortmund um, so for for the listeners that didn't catch the game last night, effectively, Edison's sort of overshot on his control of the ball and lost control a little, um, and Bellingham's nicked it off of his foot. But um, the keeper, he sort of caught the keeper's foot at the same time. Um, actually, I don't think he caught the keeper at all. I thought he got the ball um, and, and slotted into an empty net. So I think he was very, very unfortunate. And I think in another game... Um, it, it would have counted. There wouldn't have been an issue with that. So, do you think that because of the stature of the game, Al, and the and the reason and the fact that it's a Champions League and it's you know millions of people watching that the, the referee got that wrong? Do you think that's a 
a point to be made. I think if it was a championship game or a League One game, would he stop the game? Or is it just a lot of pressure on the ref and the officials now? Yeah, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I don't think the referee had a massively good game, to be honest. Uh, with the penalty decision, you know, it's not a penalty. Um, and if VAR had given that, you you know, there's been moments this season where, you know, what is VAR doing? And um, it's not the first time where we've seen contentious decisions. I think the goal should have stood personally. Um, and I think both with the, uh, you know, Rodri winning the penalty and Edison um, making sure that Bellingham's goal was chalked off. On both occasions, the players made a massive meal of it. Um, you know, with Rodri, the, there wasn't even contact from the boot um, to his face. Uh, and it wasn't a high boot. I mean, Christ, you'd be giving, you know, one a game otherwise if uh, you gave those. And Rodri, you know, he's rolling around holding his face. And like I say, the boot was nowhere near his face. And I think Edison knew that Bellingham had mugged him a bit. And um, he, he beat him to it and he nicked the ball off him. It didn't look like a foul. I've seen the replay loads of times. I still can't see enough, you know, for there to be a foul, you know, against Bellingham. Uh, and the fact that Edison straight away in the next frame, he's rolling around on the floor. The referees bought it twice, in my opinion. Um, and no disrespect to a Romanian referee, but I don't think he's as good as any Premier League ref that we've got at the moment. No, I would agree. I think that uh, should it have been a, a Premier League standard referee uh, on the night, I think that probably the goal would have stood. Um, so yeah, I agree with you on that one. So yeah, let's 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 go on to um, Erling Haaland. So a lot of hype, um, and uh, in the domestic league, he's obviously smashing it this season. Um, and up until now, he's been on every you know the player that's on everybody's lips, him and Mbappe. Um, would you say that it was that he was kept quiet by a good defensive display from City or do you think he did just have an off night? I know you touched on the fact that he is only human. I think there's a lot of pressure on these young players. Um, we've said before about Phil Foden as well. I think he had a class game um, and deserved his goal. What, I, what surprised me was that he didn't celebrate a last-minute winner. Um, so maybe he was a cutting a frustrated figure because he did have a hat full of chances last night. But, um, yeah, do you think it's maybe the pressure's getting to him a little bit or is it just the case that he's just had an off 90 minutes? I think it's a bit of both, really. Um, like I say, he's not he's not quite Ronaldo Messi where you expect. I guess there is an expectation that he will, you know, ha have a golden chance. But I think only up until about the 65th, 70 minute, he only had the one shot on target. And I think, you know, Man City don't concede many goals anyway. And I know they did concede last night, but you've got to go back to when they played Southampton. They still won 5-2. That's the last time that they conceded a goal. And they had three clean sheets on the bounce since that. Um, and, you know, Man City, they've something they've been really um, working hard on, I expect, because last season where Liverpool blew everyone away, Man City's defence were quite leaky, but this season they seem really solid and they're, they're going to go on and win the league now. Um, so I think it's a bit of both, really, the fact that Man City had a really good defensive performance and that is needed in knockout football. Uh, and also, um, Haaland probably did have an off night, but I don't think his, his teammates helped him. Like, say, Emre Chan, he got away with the penalty, but with the goal, it was a bit sloppy. He wasn't really under much pressure. Um, and from what I saw... Uh, flashes of Haaland he, he wasn't really getting the service and uh, he was a bit starved of the ball and he he likes his snapshot goals he likes the ball through and he only needs that one touch and he'll you know he'll hit the target with that one shot um, it, it'll be interesting to see if Dortmund change their game plan in any way but with that 
you're opening yourself up to a Man City counter attack, and they showed last night with with the uh, De Bruyne goal to open the scoring. Um, you know, they're, they're lethal on the uh, on the counter attack. Uh, we've got the the Liverpool Real Madrid game um, from last night. So Real Madrid came away three one winners. Uh, looked fairly comfortable for the most part. Uh, my question to the listeners and to you, Al, is. Could Liverpool have maybe capitalised on the fact that both Ramos and Varane, uh, Real Madrid's two first-choice centre-backs, were were out um, last night? Could they have maybe... I know they've got an away goal, um, and you could argue that maybe at 2-1 the game is still there. But do you think maybe it's too much of an ask for them to overturn a 3-1 deficit uh, when they come back to Anfield next week? So you make a point that Varane and uh, Ramos, you know, they weren't there. Uh, if we're going to play devil's advocate, at the same time, Liverpool had Kabak and Phillips as a centre-half. If you're Real Madrid, it's like with uh, Vinicius, Benzema and Asensio, could we have scored more than three goals? Could we have put the tie to bed? Um, if I was to sum up Liverpool last night in a word, I'd say it was disappointing. Um, you know, they're not the team that they were last season. I didn't expect them to get beat 3-1. You know, they were... 2-0 down before half time and it could have been it could have been more um, Salah's done well to get them the away goal and within 15 minutes they've conceded again um, and, and I heard Klopp say about that you know they're playing in a 6,000 seat stadium and at Anfield it'll be a lot different well they've played you know over a season now without any fans home and away so I don't think they can really use that as an excuse I just don't think you know they were they were good enough um, do I think Liverpool will turn it around at Anfield? Well, they're going to need to score the first goal. That goes without saying. Uh, if if Madrid get the away goal and go four one up on aggregate, you know Madrid have uh, sorry Liverpool have then got to score uh, three just to get the tie back to extra time, and I, I don't think they will. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Madrid set up. I don't think they're going to sit back. I don't think they're a team who who are likely to sit back. So it'll be interesting to see if they play with the three forwards again, but. Um, Liverpool have got it all to do. If fans were in there, uh, you know, they I think they turned, was it a four-goal deficit against Barcelona at Anfield a couple of seasons ago? If you have a rock in Anfield, you've always got a chance. Um, but we've seen teams go to Anfield this season and look pretty comfortable against Liverpool. So I, I, think, I think Madrid probably will go through now, Dan. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Al, as well. I think that uh, Real Madrid aren't a defensive-minded team. I don't think they ever have been um, you know, regardless of what coach is, is in charge over there. So I think they'll come to Anfield and look for a goal. And as you quite rightly mentioned, I think should they get that vital away goal, um, it will be too much of an ask for Liverpool. So let's move on to tonight's games. Um, so at the time of recording, we're, we're eagerly anticipating the PSG Bayern game. Um, but, you know, it's... East, it's probably the lesser tie of, of the four games, but you've still got Porto and Chelsea as well. Um, off the back of Chelsea's result at the weekend, a bit of a shock one uh, in the Premier League with West Brom going and, and shifting five past a, a below-par Chelsea team on the day. Do you think Porto will be... I've seen that they're outside at 4-1 to one if you're a betting, betting man, um, but do you think they've got a chance tonight? Well, they're at a neutral location. I think if they were home, I'd say Porto probably would have a chance. But um, I think Chelsea will get the job done and uh, Tuchel's going to want to see a reaction. You know, 
them losing 5-2 is completely out of character. And I said that they were the banker last weekend. Um, so I'll probably end up getting all my predictions tonight wrong as well. I did not see 5-2 coming at all, but West Brom looked anything but under any sort of pressure. They were so, so comfortable and Chelsea just capitulated. Um, I think Chelsea will win tonight. It's going to be close. I don't think they're going to steamroll Porto. Um, and I think Tuchel, you know, he's going to want to take a clean sheet. Um, back to Stamford Bridge. Uh, Chelsea have got it all to do and it'll be interesting to see if Tuchel does get the reaction that he wants um, I don't think Chelsea have got any injuries that I can think of you know no one um, long no long-standing injuries and um, it looks like Porto have got a few players out um, Chelsea have got a better chance you know of making the semi-finals um, I, I think they will get the business done over two legs um, and I think tonight it's going to be 1-0 Chelsea there you go, everyone. That's uh, Alex's prediction for tonight for the Chelsea game so, out of the way. So, um, so lump on Porto because yeah. I get it wrong. <laughs> okay, let's turn to PSG and Bayern. Obviously, it's a bit more of a glamorous tie to watch, so I know what I'll be you know, uh, sticking with this evening. Um, how much of a difference could the attacking lineup and the attacking threat for PSG make? Because we know that Bayern are quite resolute um, and they've got a lot of depth in every department in their team. So um, I think that it was mentioned in a few episodes back that we would expect them to go all the way to the final. Um, do you still think that's the case, Al? Or do you think that maybe Mbappe and, and company could pick up where they left off uh, against Barcelona and sort of take the game to Bayern this evening? Yeah, PSG are a weird batch, aren't they? Because, you know, they go to uh, Barcelona, they hammer them 4-1 away. And now they've lost the top spot to Lille in Ligue 1. And, you know, that's given them a third winless match from their last five games. So it's not exactly been, um, you know, they haven't hit all the ground running with Pochettino coming in as manager. I think they're going to struggle tonight. I think it's no Lewandowski, no problem. Um, Bayern Munich, you know, they ooze class. Um, I've also read a stat that they've netted two plus goals in 12 straight competitive games. And I can see that continuing tonight. So my, my tip for the game is 2-1. Um, if PSG can take a win at you know at the Alliance, that'll be you know a fantastic achievement. I can't see it, um, and I think they're going to have their work cut out, especially to keep a clean sheet. I don't think it's going to be a nil-nil board draw, that's for sure. And I think you are right. Out of the two ties, that is the uh, that is the tie to watch. I think Chelsea could be a bit more cagey, um, but I'm going to say two-one Bayern tonight. Yeah, perfect. So let's just. Um... Very quickly, although we were both watching the Champions League games last night, uh, I did come away after the games had finished, had a little look on the on the Sky Sports app, just to have a look at what Norwich had done to Huddersfield last night. Um, now, they are top of the championship, quite rightly so, and they look like they're imminently coming back up into the Premier League. Um, but it's worth mentioning that Huddersfield were also a Premier League team a couple of seasons ago, so... You know, 7-0 drumming that never looked good. Um, my question and something that, we, you know, I'd like our listeners to kind of discuss is what the Norwich do next season? Should they come up, uh, which, like I say, probably will happen, they'll probably come up as champions. What do they do and what needs to change for them to not be that yo-yo club that we know that, you know, run the risk of going straight back down again? Is it a case of spending a bundle of money or do they just need to continue doing what they're doing? I know they've got some young players, some good talents there. 
do they need to bring in experienced heads out, do you think? It's, it's, a, it's a very good question. Uh, I think there's always a, a pocket of teams who are the yo-yo clubs, and I think West Brom probably fall into that category as well. And, and you could say maybe Fulham as well. Um, and Aston Villa have, have done really well to stay up, and they look really, really good this season. I don't think spending money is always the option. Um, I think Fulham, a couple of seasons ago, they spent big and they went down. Uh, I think that might have been when Ranieri was manager. I could be wrong. Um, but they went down to come back up again. And I think uh, Daniel Fark has done really well to keep that squad together, uh, to keep hold of uh, Cantwell and Pukki when there was a lot of Premier League clubs you know, trying to um, battle for their signatures. Um, I think they've done really well to keep that that team together. Um, I quite like uh, Buendia as well. Um, I think Buendia, Pukki and Cantwell got five of the seven goals last night and like you say, I think they're going to be comfortably coming back up and they're 17 points clear of Brentford in third. So even if they don't win the league, they're going to come up automatically with only, what, got six games left. So not sure really comfortable. It's, it's just trying to, you know, stay cohesive and keep that squad together and hopefully they don't get um, picked apart. And I think they need to add a little bit more experience in there. Um, when you look at the team that Norwich have, only, I think, Krull uh, and, and, and Aaron's have probably been around in... In the Premier League before, um, there's a, there's a few players in there. You know, they, they did well to keep uh, to get Skip from Spurs. I don't think he's going to be uh, the engine that they need in the Premier League next season. I think they will need to to start buying in uh, in experience, and I think they might need um, a couple of Premier League uh, goal scorers in there as well. Because last season there was a lot of pressure on Timo Pukki to score the goals, and he went on a run when he would score goals. Um, but if that dries up, they need somewhere else to turn to. And, uh, you know, Premier League, especially this season, we're seeing where, you know, teams are just outscoring each other. Um, so I think I think they need another goal scorer to help Pukki. Um, and they maybe, you know, need a bit more um, dynamite in midfield. Uh, I, I don't know who they're going to sign. And I don't know, I can't really think off, off my head of who they would need to sign. But I think definitely a goal scorer uh, and definitely someone in the engine room to to try and keep them up. And that's what it's going to be, Dan. I think, you know, if they can come 17th in the Premier League next season, they'll snap your hand off and um, that will be the objective for, for Norwich next season, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there'd be anybody that would um, sort of tell us otherwise in that regard. I think that any team coming up is just about cementing a place and building from there. It's it's a tough tough league to get, get out of um, the Championship. Nobody likes being there. Because you can spend a lot of money, Dan, and still go down. And you know, I'm thinking the team who really sticks sticks out for me is QPR a few seasons ago. They had players on 100 grand a week. You know, they bought like six, seven, eight players. Christopher Samba springs to mind. Nico Cranchard. You know, they were on. They had players on huge, huge salaries, and they've not come back. And I'm sure they're in uh, financial financial difficulties. Um, they lose all those players who are on big contracts, and. Um, you know, it doesn't always work to to pump the money in, so they've got to be really careful. I don't think Norwich have a will have a massive transfer budget anyway. I think they they will always spend in you know in their means. They're never gonna you know throw thirty forty million on a player. They'll have to just um, do what they can and maybe bring a few players up from the Championship. I'd like to see Ivan Tony in the Premier League. We spoke about him a few a few weeks ago. Now um, he's banging the goals in for fun at, at Brentford, and if they don't come up. Um, he's going to be, you know, potential Ollie Watkins type player that uh, a lot of Premier League clubs are going to be sniffing around. Yeah, fully in agreement with that. Um, 
Moving on to our predictions. So last week, how you offered the chance for for our listeners to to win ten pound uh, Amazon vouchers should they get two or more correct scores for uh, last night and this evening's games. So we've had a few few people come back to us, and I think you're you're safe, Al. I think you've um, kept your money for the time being. So uh, just a quick sort of mention for Jamie who went with a three one uh, Liverpool win. So, you know, the score was reversed, of course, but I think Jamie is a Liverpool supporter, if I'm not mistaken. So he might have got, you know, let his heart get the better of him there a little bit uh, and also went for 2-1 Dortmund. So, again, you know, the score was reversed, but uh, just a bit unlucky there. Uh, just for a bit of clarity, went for 2-0 Bayern tonight and a 3-0 win for Chelsea. So I think he's fairly confident that Chelsea are going to gonna um, come away comfortable winners this evening. Um, just another shout to uh, Tom as well. So he predicted 2-1 to Real Madrid last night. Um, so Vinicius Jr.'s uh, extra goal has put him out of contention. And, and a bit of a goal fest at the Etihad with a 3-2 win to City. So, um, you know, again, that didn't come off. Uh, this evening, he's got Bayern Munich to win 3-1 against PSG. So maybe to mirror what you said, Al, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are favouring Bayern this evening. Um, and 2-0 um, to Chelsea. I'm, I'm quite surprised with the predictions there. I think that Porto, I know you mentioned it's a neutral neutral uh, ground, but I think that they'll score this evening. Um, I don't think they'll win, but I don't think that they're going to come away without scoring a goal. Um, and I'm going to put my neck out on the line and say that PSG win tonight. I really enjoy PSG this season. I know they're a bit inconsistent, but they do play some nice stuff. So um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 1-0 to PSG um, and I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea, I think. So just remind me, Al, what were your predictions for this evening's game? Yeah, so 2-1 Bayern and uh, 1-0 Chelsea. I think that's, that, that Chelsea tie is going to be really, really cagey. Uh, Chelsea are going to, they're going to want to respond to the weekend and there's no better way than a clean sheet, really. Um, and I, I think they will score. Uh, so, you know, it now is on the Chelsea win. If it's not 1-0, I'll go with 2-0. Now I've said that Chelsea have conceded in the first five minutes. But I've said 1-0 Chelsea and 2-1 Bayern. Um, I think that, you know, like you said earlier, that is going to be the game to watch. Uh, and, I, and I will go with uh, with 2-1. Shout out to Tom Jamie. Thank you for sending in those predictions. At least you've, uh, the pair of you got both teams to score. Um and like I say, Tom just, uh, he didn't really want that third for Chelsea and he thought there was going to be a bit more of a goal fest at City. But uh, we'll see in the second legs. Um, we'll put it out again for the second legs if we can get the predictions in for um, the reverse ties and uh, we can run the uh, the Amazon um, competition again. I guess we got to have a, an eye on the Europa League tomorrow night as well, Dan. Um, we've got Arsenal and United uh, in action tomorrow do you think um the pair of them will get through their ties tomorrow evening well over the course of the two legs i should say yeah i think we we mentioned it before didn't we that we're quite happy to see british teams progress um and and the way that the tie, uh, the ties have been sort of set out for the europa league i wouldn't expect uh arsenal or united to have any issues or what i would say about the slavia prague side is they uh Although under it was a lot of controversy, but they got past Rangers okay. Um, so I don't think it will be as foregone of a conclusion as people might think against Arsenal. Um, and Leicester City as well. 
it should be mentioned they did Leicester in the round before so they're no mugs yeah yeah that's exactly right so uh, obviously we've already gone through like Leicester was my pick so um, you know I was well wrong in that regard and I can sort of admit it now but then I had Rangers next so maybe I should stop stop uh, maybe I should say Slavia Prague my goal all the way because they seem to be beating all of my picks at the moment um, but yeah over two legs I would expect them both to both to progress and then you know the other ties Ajax and Roma I think Ajax uh, will progress there and I, the, the Zagreb and Villarreal game I, you know I wouldn't want to call it to be honest with you you're right that's that's probably a, a tough tie to to call I think we all thought that Spurs were going to um, conquer Zagreb and they, they end up getting done in extra time uh, I still fancy Villarreal um, only just I think over two legs I'll, I'll do fancy Villarreal Ajax Roma. I think that'd be quite a good game actually. They're both decent sides, um, and it looks like I'm seeing Ajax are unbeaten in 24 games ahead of kickoff. Um, so you know they'll they'll be, they'll be hoping that they can uh, get the job done. United and Arsenal. I do think they'll both qualify. Um, Arsenal they kind of have to win on home soil, don't they? Uh, and go to Prague with 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 a lead. Uh, and Man United. If they if Man United turn up, you know um, the way that Man United we know Man United can, uh, you know they won at Man City. Uh, I think they can beat Granada tomorrow night, and then they'll beat them again at Old Trafford. So it'd be nice to see you know Arsenal and United um, both make the semi-finals, and I'll go Villarreal and Ajax to qualify uh, in the other two. So basically, back on all the uh, the opposites to come in. There you go, everybody. You've heard our predictions for Champions League tonight and also a little touch on the Europa League tomorrow as well. Um, as always, please let us know your thoughts and slide into those DMs and give us your predictions for next week. Um, what we'll do next week is we'll review the return ties, as, as Al has mentioned, um, and then we'll have a little look at the return fixtures for the Europa League as well. Uh, cheers for that, Al, and I'll speak to you soon. Yep, cheers, mate.